you've probably heard about Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, coming under fire for his anti-Semitic remarks and tweets. Since then, brands like Adidas, Balenciaga, and The Gap, they've all cut ties with the Chicago-born rapper and entrepreneur. Those business decisions came after several anti-Semitic incidents in Los Angeles that many believe were inspired by Ye's remarks. Back here in the artist's hometown, reported hate crimes are on the rise. New data out show the city's Commission on Human Relations has seen a 71% jump in reported hate crimes to date this year, compared with the same period last year. And the most frequent targets are black and Jewish people. With us now to discuss is David Goldenberg, Midwest Regional Director of the Anti-Defamation League. Welcome to Reset, David. Thanks, Sasha. What do you make of the jump in hate crimes that's reported to the city? It's following a trend of what we've seen in recent years. I mean, 2020, which is the last year the FBI put data out and their 2021 data will come out in a, hopefully in the next month or so, was a 20-year high, though, in the number of hate crimes that were reported. ADL has been tracking anti-Semitic incidents since 1979, and last year was the highest number of anti-Semitic incidents that we've tracked during that time. And that trend also here in Illinois between 2016 and 2021, a 430% increase in anti-Semitic incidents that were reported to us. And so when we look at these numbers from what we're hearing from the city of Chicago, unfortunately, it's not a surprise Mm -hmm. um, because we believe that there are more incidents that are happening. And we also think, though, there's an element of more people are reporting them, which is a really important thing, too. Yeah. Well, let's look closer at the numbers. As I mentioned, the most frequent frequent targets uh, were black or Jewish Chicagoans. Why? Why do you think that is? Look, overwhelmingly, national statistics show that overwhelmingly the majority of hate crimes target members of the black community. Um, religion-based hate crimes overwhelmingly char- target Jews. And so we know that just statistically, um, that's not surprising by the from a quantitative side. But what's really concerning, though, is the spike in both communities. And we know the, the rhetoric that's out there, the loss and lack of political uh, discourse uh, has certainly contributed to instability. Just think about the conversations that you have around the kitchen table or with friends, and you think about the intensity of those conversations, what we see on cable news networks. And so it's not surprising that Jews and blacks continue to be targeted from a hate crimes perspective. Mm -hmm. But we also saw increases targeting the Asian American community and the LGBTQ community, too. Right. And so in many ways, um, no community is safe. And as you touched on a moment ago, this most recent increase in hate crimes, it's only those reported. Does the ADL have an idea of how many actually go unreported? Nationally, we assume that between 40 and 50 percent of hate crimes are never reported. They're not reported because there's a lack of trust between the victim or the targeted community and law enforcement. There's concerns about the stigma that a victim may have, or there's also um, uh, concerns that by victims that if they were reported, they could be targeted again. And so when we think about um, the reporting of hate crimes, it's really important to think about like what we can do. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased to serve on the governor and governor Pritzker's commission on discrimination and hate crimes. And we've put out some recommendations earlier this year that, that range anywhere from creating a non-law enforcement 
statewide hotline through which people can report uh, hate crimes. Mm -hmm. And we also have recommendations of that NGOs, groups like maybe ADL or Equality Illinois or Chinese American Service League or other groups and organizations um, could ultimately uh, be an intake for these types of hate crimes, and we could ultimately report them, which will give us better data, which ultimately hopefully will drive conversations about how we allocate resources to protect targeted communities. Yeah. And when we talk about the fact that some people don't report these hate crimes, what do you think standing in the way? What might stop them? Yeah, as, as I mentioned, I, I think that there's a lack of trust between victims and uh, law enforcement. I think there's concern by victims that they could be targeted again. And there's also, in some cases, stigmas, um, stigmas within communities of individuals who are potentially targeted or victims. And so or there's concern by the victim that there could be the stigma. And so we think it's really important that we educate people about the importance of reporting hate crimes. Yeah. And we also think that there's a need to better train law enforcement and prosecutors um, in the state. Uh, regarding hate crimes as well. Yeah, does local law enforcement have to be involved? Absolutely, because they're the ones who are conducting the investigations, right? And so if an officer is not adequately trained on how to support a victim, on how to ask the right questions, on how to hear the right things um, from a victim who might be describing what happened, there are concerns that maybe a crime is not investigated as a potential hate crime. Um, and if prosecutors don't understand the importance or recognize the importance um, of hate crimes and understand our hate crimes laws in the state and federally, um, there could be instances where things could be charged as a hate crime and they're not. And so we think that that training element is really important. Local law enforcement plays a critical role. And I do want to say this, though, that often what we find is it's not a question of law enforcement doesn't want to, mm -hmm. but they might lack the resources, they might lack the necessary training to to conduct certain types of investigations. Um, now, CPD is not necessarily, doesn't necessarily have that issue, but in smaller departments and smaller municipalities, it, those are real issues. And, and yeah. so how groups like ADL, how the Attorney General, how State police, law enforcement, government can help support those departments and make this type of training and education mandatory. It's really important. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we're talking with David Goldenberg, Midwest Regional Director at the Anti-Defamation League, and we're discussing the recent increases in hate crimes in this area. I mentioned, David, how Yay is uh, coming under fire for anti-Semitic remarks, those Remarks. Many say that they're not just words, right? It appears they've had some very negative real-world impacts. Can you talk about that? Yeah, look, he should come under fire um, for the dangerous, offensive anti-Semitism um, and anti-Semitic comments that he made. Um, and when presented with opportunities to seek education and better understanding, he instead doubled down on it and basically dared the world to hold them accountable mm -hmm. for those horrible, horrific, anti-Semitic, hateful views. Yeah. And, you know, what I what I do think, though, is that Ye is not the first person to say these types of things, and I assure you he's not going to be the last one. And right. what becomes really important is how we as a community and how we as a society respond. 
Um, it's been very encouraging to see people from all walks of life speak out against these comments. Right. It's important that the business community has said, we're going to put people over profits and we're not going to allow um, ourselves and our brand to be associated with this type of hate. And in fact, we're going to make a conscious effort to say no to this type of hate. And and so it's really important when these situations arise, when these individuals say this type of this, make these types of hateful comments, how people respond. I mean, like they had what, 31 and a half Twitter followers? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost twice as many as Jews that exist on the entire planet. And so, yeah. um, you know, and then he proceeded to go 31 on. 31 and a half million, um, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right, right. And so he went, he then, excuse me, and then he went ahead on, you know, the, the most watched television show in the United States and spewed these hateful messages. Mm-hmm. And so, as you mentioned in your opening, um, it inspired, shall we say, real life action by people who would be most likely associated with extremist groups or extremist ideologies um, who then um, put quite hateful messages over the 405 in California. And yeah. we've seen extremists, ADL's tracked extremists, wow. who are celebrating his comments and also his purchase of Parler, which has been historically a safe haven for these types of extremist views. And yeah. so how we respond, not only to yay, but to others. Mm-hmm. Um, to politicians, so, so, to so, business leaders. So what can your average person do? Like, you know, we hear these numbers. It's a little demoralizing, right? So what can your average person do yeah. to help create a society that you're speaking about where this is a shrinking problem, not a growing one? Totally, right? To, so far, I've been the uplifting part of your show this morning, this <laughs> afternoon. You sure so have. I, <laughs> I think when we when we talk about what people can do, first of all, as individuals, we all have the ability to speak out. We all have the ability to show strength with other communities and other individuals. We don't have to be part of that community that was attacked, or we don't have to be the individual who was attacked for us to have an opinion about it, for us to say something, for us to respond to comments that are made on social media or comments made around the water cooler or around the kitchen table. Yeah. All of us have that individual power. Additionally, specifically as it relates to anti-Semitism, Many of us work at companies that do DEI work. Is anti-Semitism education included in their DEI uh, activities? Do companies support Jewish ERGs, employee resource groups? Are companies speaking out against hate whenever they have an opportunity, not just anti-Semitism, but all forms of it? And so there, there can be a conscious that employees um, and individuals can drive in the business community. Yeah. And also all of us at home. Um, for those of us who have young children, what are our schools doing about it? Are we mm-hmm. creating learning opportunities? So those are some like real life tangible actions that every single person can take. Yeah. Before we wrap here, David, just briefly give us your recommendation to someone who is a victim of a hate crime. So first thing, report it to law enforcement. Um, law enforcement in Chicago are trained um, and they understand it. So number one, wherever you are, you need to report it to law enforcement and you need to tell them everything that happened so that these types of situations can be reported to take crime. Mm-hmm. The next thing we do, we would encourage you to report it to ADL. Go to ADL.org, fill out an incident report. We can support you in lots of different ways, regardless of your background, ethnicity, religion, or whatnot. And if you don't report it to ADL, report it to another group like us yeah. um, who does this type of work. 
Um, and I think it's just really important because not just, I mean, sure, tracking is important. We need to under, understand and quantify the problem. Yeah. But victims need to be supported in the way that is important and necessary because when you are a victim of a hate crime, it means by definition you have been targeted because of your identity. Right. And right. it is so important yeah. for others to be there for you um, because you did nothing wrong. Absolutely. David Goldenberg is the Midwest Regional Director of the Anti-Defamation League. Thank you so much for joining us, David. Thanks for having me, Sasha.